0: Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you today on this uh, Valentine's Day. Can you believe it's Valentine's Day already? And it's on a Sunday. So I thought it'd be great to talk about love today. This is Pastor Tim, and I'm glad that you're watching, uh, joining me. And, um, you know, we have all kinds of stuff about love. When we think of Valentine's Day, you know, we think of flowers, chocolates, uh, hearts, and all things pink and red, right? Uh, I mean, in our culture, we have thousands of songs about love, All of our movies are about love. Uh, The world tells us that you can fall in it, you can fall out of it. And, uh, And so today I just want to talk about love and bring us back to a biblical definition of what love is so that we know what Jesus means when he calls us to love one another as he loves us. And so I believe that the Bible is our dictionary. And that's one of the reasons why... I have such a passion to learn uh, the Hebrew language. And so I'm going to share a little bit of that with you today because I believe that when we get to the roots of God's language, who is the author of all creation, and we see how he defines things with the original language, we find the truest and purest understanding of these words and concepts that define our life. So we shouldn't really define words by our pop culture or popular opinion, but we should know what these things are from the Bible, okay? That's what brings us uh, the anchor, the foundation that we stand on. God is the source of all truth, and so we go to Him for these types of things. So let's start out with a little review. If you've uh, watched the last couple of episodes here or sermons, you know that I've talked about this word that's on the board behind me. But this is the word... In Hebrew, and from Hebrew perspective, we always read from right to left. And this word here is pronounced kind of like this. In the English language, we would say ahava. That's how we would pronounce it. Ahava has four letters, and the middle two letters uh, form the root word of the word give. This is just astounding to me that ahava, the word for love, actually at its core is all about giving, giving. The first letter is the first letter in the Bet, which we get our word, you know, alphabet from. But Aleph is the first letter. It's a picture of an ox, a strong leader, the strong one. But ultimately, it's representing God the Father because he's first and he is the strongest and he is the leader of all. So we have God gives. And then this is the fifth letter in the uh, Hebrew Bet which represents grace. It also is a picture of a person, uh, a man, with his arms and eyes reaching toward heaven, almost to say, behold, or reveal, okay? And it's drawing attention to something in heaven. And so God gives grace really is a breakdown of the meaning of this word, ahava, which is, which is love. Now, just in contrast to our popular understanding Love is defined biblically in terms of action, something that we do. It is not something that we feel. It's not a feeling. And it's not something that happens to us. It is something that we do. This this is almost an opposite definition of what most people think about when they think about love. And most of our love songs, (laughs) you know, is about what I feel, what you make me feel. And so we feel like love is feelings and emotions and what someone does for us or to us. But what love is, is an action. It's something that you are doing for someone else. Okay. So the the highest level of love and in a summary would be, what does God do? Right. If, if love is giving, what did God do to show us his love? And so now I have a a second way I want to look at the same word, and I'm going to flip my board here so you can see a little bit more details. This is a different way of looking at the same letters, okay? The first letter, again, is God the Father. Now we're going to look at each of these individual letters. The second letter, as I mentioned before, is a man with his eyes and arms raised toward the heavens, which is to reveal, okay? It also means grace. The third letter is actually a picture of a floor plan of a house. And so it represents the one who comes out of the house. And the one who comes out of the house is the son. And so in this sense, this represents the son of God. It's also the second letter in the Aleph Bet. Aleph Bet. And so we have God the father, God the son. So the father is revealing himself to us through his son, And again, this letter is repeated, which also can mean mean behold or drawing people's attention to something, or it can also be uh, lifting up. As the man is lifting his eyes, as the man is lifting his hands, he is drawing attention to something in the sky, in the heavens, and it can mean behold or lifted up. So this is really amazing to me. Another way of looking at this word is God the Father, love is God the Father revealing himself to us through his son behold he's lifted up he's lifted up on a cross for you and for me and that's exactly what the bible tells us is the demonstration of god's love for you and for me is what god has done what he has given for you and for me love is action and god loves you god has loved you he loves you and he will always love you because god is love Okay, this is the definition. Here's a couple of verses just to kind of solidify these thoughts that I'm, I'm sharing with you in the New Testament. John one eighteen, no one has ever seen God but God the one and only who is at the Father's side has made Him known. God has made Himself known to us. God has revealed Himself to us through Jesus taking on flesh and blood to us. Okay, John three fourteen and fifteen. Jesus said. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. And so we see, behold, the Son of God is lifted up. Look at him. And this is the, the picture of God's love for you. Every time that we aren't feeling loved, we need to return to the cross. We need to return to what Jesus has done and study all of the things that he did for us on the cross bearing our shame, paying for our sin, uh, taking upon himself our poverty, being betrayed, being ridiculed, rejected. He took all of that upon himself so that we wouldn't have to and we could have his, um, his love, his righteousness, his favor, his acceptance in God. Romans 5 8 also says, God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God's love, ahava, is best seen by Jesus laying his life down for you and for me. That's what biblical love is. In summary, I would say that it is defined as one giving oneself for the benefit of others. God giving himself for us. That's what love is. God giving himself for us. And then Jesus says, now I want you to give yourself on, on behalf of others. Okay? So the other really kind of cool part of this is found in Genesis chapter 22, verse 2, where it's the first time the word love is mentioned. Okay? Now, wherever you see the first mention of a word, you need to pay special attention to the context and the story because it's teaching you something about the meaning of that word. And so in Genesis 22, verse 2, here's the first time love is mentioned in the scriptures. Then God said, and he's talking to Abraham. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Now, in light of what Jesus has done for us, we look back at this story with Abraham and his son Isaac, whom he loved, going up the mountain as Jesus went up the mountain and sacrificing his one and only son. As God said, I'm giving you my one and only son. And, and we see the pictures of Jesus. This is a foreshadowing of God's love for us. And God mentions love right here for the very first time in the context of one person surrendering their life, right, as a sacrifice. Isn't that amazing? And he was foreshadowing what his only begotten son would do for you and for me. Jesus said in John three sixteen, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, right? That whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You recognize that language? Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, And God gave his only son, whom he loved, on behalf of us. And Jesus loved as the Father loved him. He loved us. Isn't that awesome? So we see, without question, the biblical understanding of love is one person laying their life down, giving their life away for others. It's an action. And it takes place in just the nitty-gritty of life, doesn't it? Just A little sacrifice here, an extra effort here, and we are giving our time, giving our energy, giving our our thoughts, giving our prayers, giving our money, giving our resources, giving our talents to someone else. That's love. That's why in this church we say uh, our idea of love is see a need and meet it. Right? Find a hurt and heal it. Because love is action. It's practical. It's literally laid our lives down. For others, So now that we know what love is all about, I want to look at what Jesus challenged us to in the scriptures, which is, I call it the impossible command. <laughs> it's impossible, but, but it's not. We'll, we'll talk about that. Here's what Jesus said to us in John chapter 15, uh, verses 9 to 13. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands... You will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So this is good news. This is to bring joy to us, okay? Jesus goes on and finishes by saying, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And Jesus was about to do that. Uh, This was a lesson he taught to his disciples before he actually did it. But he was about to do it and he knew he was going to do that. And he's challenging them ahead of time. Just as what I'm about to do for you, I want you to do for others. Lay your life down. This is how we love. This is what love looks like. It's an impossible command. How in the world can we love other people like Jesus loves us? He's God. We're not, right? And I'll tell you why it's impossible. Uh, Because I want to show you a little bit more Hebrew here in just a second. And it comes from Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And in this passage, there's a phrase that describes how you and I were created. I'm going to just show you one word in this sentence. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Okay, so the word in Hebrew for image is tselem, tselem, okay? And in this word, this word means uh, likeness or image. Well, let me write that over. Likeness or it really is translated as image. So we are in, made in the image of God, tselem. We are made in the image of God, but within this word is another smaller word that just kind of brings a lot more meaning to this. I hope that you're blessed by it as I am. And it's the word cell. And cell, this is image. cell means shade, or it means shadow. It means shadow. This is pretty cool. This is a deep thought for the day. Okay? While you and I are made in the image of God, We are though yet only a shadow. We are not God. We we are a reflection of God. Uh, We are a shadow on this board. Maybe you can see part of my shadow, and this is the real me. But this this darker image on this board is trying to somehow mirror me. But it it that shadow doesn't compare to me. It has no dimension. Has no temperature has no uh, voice, has no feeling, but it, it's, it's trying to mimic the image that I am, right? And that's what we are. We are made in the image of God, which is a, a sobering reality, but we are only a shadow. We're a shadow. That's why this is impossible for you and for me to love other people as Jesus has loved us. It's impossible if it's us. If it's only depending on us, we can't do it. We can't do it. We're just a shadow, OK? But here's, here's what Paul said, just kind of reflecting on the same idea in 1 Corinthians 13:12. He says, "For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known." So Paul is working this tension out too. He's like, we're made in the image of God. Uh, we're trying to be like God, but we don't see the whole picture yet. We're not completely finished products yet. We're not completely uh, redeemed yet. You know, there's a process, and right now uh, we are doing the best we can. But without God, this command is impossible: to love others as we love our, as we love ourselves, or if we've been loved by God. But God is love, and if we are made in God's image, we have the capacity through Him to receive love, and to give love. But I say all that to say that our idea of love is severely limited and tainted. Our motives are not always pure, are they? I mean, honestly, a lot of times our idea of love comes with, you know, if we are honest with ourselves, kind of an internal expectation that we will get something in return. Uh, Maybe we're not always aware of it, but A lot of times we love in order to feel better about ourselves or we love in order for someone to love us back or we love in order to get some kind of attention or that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? But God's love is completely unconditional. His love is completely pure and it's selfless. And we need God in order to love like God. And that's what I want to talk about for the rest of this time, is how do we do that? And let me just put it this way. Our shadow needs to be filled with his substance. Isn't it awesome that though we are made kind of as a shadow of God, the image of God, he gives this amazing relationship by which our shadow can be animated and filled with him, with him. And so we need his love to do this. So let's look closer at Jesus' words here in John 15 when he says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. And there's the key. The love that we need to love one another with is not our love. It's not us being good Christians. It's not me trying to be a good person. It's not me trying to learn all these things. It is me releasing something that didn't come from me But I got from him, it is his love. It is God's love in me. Jesus says, remain in my love so that that love that Christ fills our hearts with is what we now use to love one another. It's a different kind of love. It's a God love. It is not a a self-centered love. It's not a human love. It is a God love. It's the purest love. That's the kind of love that God wants us to have. Um, Last summer... Uh, a group of our members here at the church uh, went up to Midland to help uh, a family who had experienced that flood from the the breaking of the dam and from all that chaos that was going on up there in that area. And we, uh, one of the things that had happened was their basement was filled with a bunch of dirt and sand and we were shoveling and filling up buckets. And we started something that a lot of people call the Bucket Brigade the bucket brigade, right? And we were filling up buckets, handing them up through the basement, and the next person would grab that bucket and pass on to the next person, and that person would get it, and they would just kept passing buckets until we got it to its destination. It was just the quickest and most efficient way to do things. When I think about this command to love God, I see like a holy bucket brigade going on here, okay? And that's kind of the idea I want to share with you is that the love that we are passing is the love that we are receiving, Okay, so listen to this. Jesus says, as the father has loved me, Jesus gets his bucket. Right. So I have loved you and we and he gives us the bucket and then we receive it. And Jesus, now now you give that same love to the next guy, to the next person. It's like I call it. Oh, I want to call it something a little bit different than a bucket brigade. How about we call it? Oh, the love chain. (laughs) The love chain. You've heard of the love boat, but this is the love chain, right? And this is the idea that I want to communicate today is that we only love in the right way when it is God's love flowing out of us. We receive the love from God and we give it away, okay? That's how it works. This is not about practicing a religion. This is about having a a real relationship with God and doing that. So I want to make three very clear points about this. Number one, we must first receive God's love through this relationship with Jesus, all right? Our source is Jesus. He is the one who loves us. You are loved for God, and you're not loved because you do something for him, because you've earned it. You're not loved for anything that you do or anything that you try or because of your great efforts, You are loved because God loves you. That's it. He loves you and his love is towards you and his love will never waver towards you. He loves you. And that is our source of love, not performance, uh, not effort. And what we do is we need to continue to humble ourselves to release our self-efforts, right? And just receive God's love, To live love, to remain, as he said, in his love. To strive to enter into his rest. Our work, if you want to call it that, is trusting in Jesus. It's believing in him. It's just living loved. That's our work as Christians. That's what we're supposed to be focused on. Our eyes are on Jesus. Just like, um, did I erase it or is it this one? Yeah, just like. The eyes and the arms are stretched up toward heaven. In the Bible, God says love is looking at Jesus. It's beholding my son. So we look to him for all things. We look to him. We gaze upon him. We behold him and he fills us with his love. Okay, that's the first thing. Without his love flowing in us, we have nothing transformative to give anyone. Okay, without his love flowing out of us, We have nothing transformative to give anyone else because God is the only one who transforms us. We are a shadow without power, without his love flowing in us. We are a shadow without substance. And so we need to be filled, animated with God's love, right? In order to love like Jesus loved. But when we are filled with God's love, anything is possible because it's not us, it is God in us. God just showed up in us and in that moment to love someone, to meet a need, to heal a hurt. And that's what we are. We are conduits of his love. All right. The second point I want to make is that we give what we have received. We give what we have received from God to others. All right. So what is the bucket that God is handing you? Right. This is what we get to give. Whatever God is handing us, whatever the bucket is, of love that God has placed inside of us. And this is not about me trying to be a great Christian or or feeling pressure or you feeling pressure to do something for God. That's not what this is about. This is about a relationship with God who inspires us to join him in this great adventure of giving life to others. There is something that we can facilitate in God that can change somebody's life. This is a great adventure. This is a great privilege. This is the point of our Christian life is to be a conduit of life to those around us. It's super exciting, super cool, super super awesome, <laughs> all right? And so what bucket is God handing you? In other words, what does he put in your hands? Uh, what passions has he stirred in your heart? What skills and experiences do you have that you can love with? What has he stirred in you? What do you see around you that must be different that God's calling you to Engage with, right? What is God giving you to pass on? Uh, Because it's not from you, it's from God, and God gives us this in order to give away, in order to make a difference. So, what are we passing on? It's not from us, it's from God, right? We don't generate anything. We're only passing on what we have been given. And there's no pressure on us to come up with something to do, right? We just pass on what God has put in our hands. And so, our eyes are not on ourselves on our abilities, on our ideas, our eyes around Jesus. And we just do, you know, what, what he shows us to do. And um, it reminds me of, of Jesus saying in John chapter 5, he said to his, the crowd, the son, he's talking about himself, can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. So Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, and as I have loved you, now you love others. And Jesus told us, I only do what the Father is doing, so you only do what I'm doing. And that's how we do it. It's awesome. The third thing I want to just stress and point out really clearly is we return to our source for more, right? Just as the bucket is passed on, we keep going back to our source. Our source is God himself. And to be honest with you, this is where the bucket analogy breaks down a little bit because I don't like the idea of me receiving from God and then dumping out what I have and temporarily being empty (laughs) and having to wait to get filled up. I don't see it that way at all. I actually, at this point, I would like to change the analogy to like, oh, uh, a river or even a fountain. I uh, used to own this. A fountain in our yard and it had a, a pump that pumped the water to the top then it would filter down to another layer then it would drip down to another layer right it's kind of like that that we are constantly having a flow of relationship from God and we're constantly letting it flow through us we talk about this often that river of living water so it's not just we dump out and now we gave it all and we're like shot and we're like oh God help me I need more you know that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a perpetual filling and giving and a flow at the same time. A river that's flowing through us. God's presence, his love flowing through us. But sometimes our river gets dammed up, doesn't it? With pressures, with stress of life, with uh, difficulties. We can, we can dam it up with fear or with self-effort or pride. And there's all kinds of things that cut off that flow from God. And so we must remain in His love as Jesus commissioned us. Remain in my love. Remain in my love. And His love will continue to flow through us to meet those needs around us and to heal those hurts around us. So we are not the source, we are not the supply, but we are the conduit. We're the transport, we're the means by which God flows to reach people. And we must keep receiving in order to keep giving. We can't just empty ourselves out and, and at some point become self-sufficient because that's when we dry up. That's when we crash. We are constantly growing in our walk with God and leaning on Jesus at all times. I'll close with this because this last weekend uh, we also had a marriage conference here at the church. And this also is how a godly marriage looks to the Bible, right? Ephesians five twenty five and 28 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And so in the marriage relationship, we see this more clearly than any other relationship in our experience, is how the the husband and the wife are literally called to lay their lives down for the other, not to suck or get from one another, but to give. And that's the definition of love. And that's how Christ calls us to love as he has loved us. And love is the key to the kingdom. It is the key to life. It is the key to all transformation of people's hearts. It's not good religion is the key. The key isn't good theology or big churches or or giving or big Bibles or some impressive message or sermon the key is love. It's it's love. It's God loving through you to the person in front of you. That's the key to the kingdom. That's how the kingdom advances. It's how the kingdom grows. God in you, coming out of you, coming into someone else. Praise God. May God love greatly through you this week and in the days ahead. Jesus said in Acts 20, 35, or, or Jesus' words are quoted by, I think, Peter, and he says, It is more blessed to give, then to receive. And when we begin to live life this way, and we are loving by giving, not waiting to receive, we will be more blessed, more happy, because this is the way God designed it to be. This is what your heart longs for, is to have a purpose and to have God flowing through you, making a difference in your, in your world. So as, to, as I'm going to summarize here and close, the world is not going to be changed by people trying to be good Christians. Okay? The world is going to be changed by a risen Christ living in Christians who allow him to flow through them in everyday activities. That's how the world is going to be changed. And as I summarize, number one, we receive love from an ongoing relationship with Jesus. Number two, we release his love right to those around us, relying on him to meet the needs and to heal the hurts. And finally, we replenish his love in us by continuing to abide in him and look to him. Before I close, I want to pray that you and I would both be refilled with his love. And if you've never committed your life to Jesus as Lord and Savior, you can do that right now and pray this prayer with me and experience the love of God that he has provided for you to depend on and to have everyone in your needs met in him and through him. So let's pray. If that's you, say, Pastor, I'm going to pray this prayer with you. Let's pray this together in your heart. I'm also going to finish this prayer with another prayer just for all of us to just continue to grow in the love of God. Okay? So let's pray together. God, I just thank you. I pray for each one watching here, this right now who's accepting you right now into their life as Lord and Savior. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for touching our hearts, for revealing your will to us, and for revealing your love to us. We thank you for love, that you are love and you have shown us love and you've demonstrated your love for each and every one of us. And today, I pray with those who are receiving you, Jesus. Right now, we receive you, Lord Jesus, into our life. We thank you that you love us and that you're for us and you've never given up on us. We thank you that you died for our sins, that we can be forgiven and have new life in you. And now we receive you and your Holy Spirit that we might have a new life in you, a new identity in you, and a new power to live this new life in you with your love flowing through us. And God, I just pray for each one right now, Lord, that we would all be able to experience more of your love, that we would be overflowing with your love, that we can love the way that you've loved us, And see that difference being made all around us. Thank you for this day. May you continue to move upon us, teaching us, guiding us, molding us in your image. Lord, that we can please you in all that we do. And we thank you that you are always with us. You never leave us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in his name. Amen. God bless you. Hope to see you soon.